The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Andy Kiriakou is the lead vocalist of Modern Romance, a highly successful pop music band that rose to fame in the early 80s. With hits like Everybody Salsa and The Best Years of Our Lives, Modern Romance captivated audiences with their infectious sound and memorable melodies. And Andy is with us here. How are you today? I'm well, mate. I'm very well. Loving this weather. I love it. Yes, it's perfect. So going right back to the start of modern romance how did the band all get together because you were originally the drummer right yeah i was originally the drummer and the last person to join yeah Um, (coughs) natural fact they already had a drummer um i mean i've said this story so many times obviously (laughs) new listeners anyway i went to a gig at a place called the blitz which was the club in the 80s where the whole steve strange new romantic thing started and I went there one night just to see what's going on. And this band had finished playing when I arrived and they were packing up. And I was kind of, I remember sort of, oh, really disappointed that I missed the band. I love watching live music. Yeah. Um, and I asked somebody what they were like. And they said, oh, they were pretty good. Um, so I just went up and started chatting to the drummer. and said, look, I've just left my band. If you know any bands that need a drummer, there you go. There's my number. Went, yeah, yeah, great. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll pass it on. And then a few days later, I got a phone call from that band saying, um, do you want to be our percussionist? Wow. It's not, it's not quite the same as being a drummer (laughs) you know it gives me something to do until i find you know what i'm looking for but before i got around to doing even the first gig with them i got another call saying were you the drummer of this band that this this band that i played in in the late 70s early 80s which is a very sort of had a cult following um and i said oh let me just turn that off as well a minute when i find it where is it i don't even know where it is Give me one second. Oh, there it is. We'll just turn it off. Bear with me. Sorry. There you go. Don't want any interruptions. Right. So anyway, so um, yes, yeah, so I said, yes, I was a drummer. And they said, right, okay, do you want to be our drummer? And I thought, well, hang on a minute. You've got a drummer because I spoke to him. He's the one I gave my phone number to. And they said, well, look, to be honest, you know, we were going to get rid of him anyway. And I felt, at that point, I thought, oh, no, I feel really bad. And they said, well, no, don't feel bad. If you don't take it, someone else will. So you might as well take it because... We've heard all about, you know, your, your, the band you were with and they were really good. We've heard good things. If you don't take it, someone else will. So why let it go to someone else? And I thought, well, logic. So I went, okay, and I joined. And <laughs> at that point, as far as I was concerned, as far as I knew, they were, an, well, they were an unknown band. But they were an unknown band from the east end of London, sort of like borders of Essex. Well, they, actually, they lived in Essex, but they rehearsed in East London, which was quite near. Um, and I gave up my day job to join this band that no one had ever heard of. And the 
reason I gave up the day job is they said, well, we rehearse during the day. Yeah. We don't rehearse in the evening, so we spend all day in the studio. We don't want to be in there all night. So I was left with the choice of like, joining and giving up my day job or not joining. And I just thought, okay, let's give it a whirl. But before I did that, I thought, well, I have to go and hear them because they could turn out to be awful. <laughs> so I went to see them at a gig and uh, I liked what I heard. I thought, yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. You know, they're, they're, they're good. They've got a nice raw sound that I like. Um, so, yeah, as far as I knew, I was joining an unknown band that do gigs on the London circuit and I've given up my job to join them. And then I go to the first rehearsal and in the middle of like, a break somewhere, they've done a few songs and we're having a break, we're having a coffee and then someone, I heard the words, oh, and the record company said, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, the record company said, do you So I, I said, sorry, have you got a record deal? And they went, yeah, we have. So I was immediately very elated thinking, I've joined a band who's just signed a record deal. This is huge. <laughs> yes. But, but then in the same breath there, I did, yeah, we've already released two songs and they were both big flops. <laughs> and they said, if the next record isn't a hit, they're going to just throw us off the label and just be done with us sort of thing. So straight, it was like that. And then straight back down again. But then I thought, look, I stand to lose nothing. I'm here. The fact that they've got a record deal released two flops, I didn't know about. And I thought, I'm here. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. And the next single that they were releasing, and they played it to me that day, actually. This is the next single we're going to do. And it goes like this. And they played it. And I remember thinking, oh, dear. Um, because I was very much at the time into, I was a bit of a purist, like jazz funk was all I wanted to hear, and maybe a bit of soul, but the pop was definitely not on my radar at the time. I don't want to hear pop, I don't want to play, don't want to play pop anyway. Um, and they played this song, this little ditty called Everybody Salsa. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is so poppy, what world's going on? And I thought, well, you're here now, it's the same with it. Eight weeks later, I'm, I'm standing like this. <laughs> Mouth open because I'm in the top of the pop studio with the yeah. So yeah, it was like as quick as that from the time I joined. How did it feel to have such a successful song so early on? It's early on for my joining the band, but they were at it a while before that anyway, as you know, like two two flop singles. But also I'd kind of done my apprenticeship in other bands. So it wasn't like on Monday I decided to be a, a, a drummer, on Tuesday I joined Modern Romance and th- eight weeks later we were on top of the pops. There were pubs and venues where you're going up and down stairs carting drums around and, and you know and getting paid like virtually nothing beer money you know just to pl- just to play just to get experience and play with different people so uh, from an individual point of view it wasn't overnight but it, I suppose from the time I joined Modern Romance from that point yes it was almost overnight because eight weeks is a short period of time although yeah. we crammed a lot we didn't just I didn't just join and we did a couple of rehearsals and then we were on top of the props we put a lot of work into those eight weeks a lot of we did a awful lot of PAs um, which were actually quite new at the time <coughs> um, and until I joined the band I mean I didn't even know what a PA was and then so a friend of mine said who owned a club said why don't you come and do a PA and I said well, what's that and he said oh you know you come and you play your song you know you, you sing to it um, and you throw a few records out and meet a few people I went oh yeah it sounds like a laugh so we did it and it was fantastic a club in London called uh, Ombres yeah. um, and at the time the record company wouldn't finance a tour because I said no we're not financing the band who've had two flop singles and finance the third one and put you out on tour it's too much money to risk so we couldn't go on tour because we couldn't afford to pay for it ourselves. And so I had a, I had an idea one day after we did this PA. 
I kind of said, wait a minute, if we did a PA, uh, sorry, a tour of PAs, we don't need all the equipment and the backline, the guitars and drums and everything else. We don't need roadies. All we need is ourselves and a box of singles. Yeah. We go to a club and play and give a few singles out. So we did this thing where I, I, I mentioned it to the band and mentioned it to the management and they were that's actually a good idea. So we would go, for example, to Birmingham, do a PA in a club, um, you know, arrive there at 10, 10.30 at night, you know, things were in full swing, spend an hour by 11.30 we're on the road to go to another club in Birmingham and do that one do the same again and maybe do another club and then stay the night and the following day go to Liverpool or Newcastle or somewhere further north Um, and we did that for a couple of weeks hardly hardly came home just doing that just going from place to place and in that time we played to thousands of people but hundreds at a time if you know what I mean 200 250 so there was was that aspect to it but there was also the fact that each DJ at, at each club most of them or a lot of them anyway had a day job on the radio somewhere on, on, on local radio little provincial radio somewhere so they would then go in and play the record and go oh we had a band at the club last night and you know thank you to everyone who came last night what a great night we had and we had a band last night modern romance blah blah and this they played this song what a great song and they would play it so of course all these radio stations all over the UK are now starting to play the song and eventually um, the big ones like you know, Radio 1 and Capital picked up on yeah. it started playing it and then that was it started selling and then we got invited to the top of the pops and off we went and of course one of the other songs you're known for is best years of our lives which became one of modern romance's highest charting songs what do you think contributed to the success of that song i think it's basically um and i've tried to impress this on people when when they're writing songs and i said look that bit there simplify it yeah i think it's the fact that it's so simple that it's, that it's got the whoa, whoa, whoa so people can see well when we, when we play it now the guitar starts just the guitar intro the band haven't even started it's just the guitarist and you get the whole crowd going whoa <laughs> the whole thing and the fact they can chant to it it's almost like a chanty song with all that whoa, whoa bit and then you know the, the line and i think it's just very easy for it's it's it's, it's, it's a hook people look up to it and go right and it's in your head it's, like yeah. words. it's in your head that's it it's off you know and um, I mean that was a lot to do with it and I think it also um, in later years I mean at the time it was a huge 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 hit but it's kind of been um, reactivated for want of a better word when they used it in Shrek and then another <laughs> generation of kids all grew up with that, hearing that song and it was in the charts again with the Baha Men and so yeah that song's got a new lease of life because of that as well and of course I'm playing it or every gig we do I'm playing it so it's always and it's one of those songs that everybody knows even if maybe they've never heard the name Modern Romance they'll hear that song and go oh yeah I know that oh yeah no lots of people lots of I mean you know I mean different people associate different songs with the band as well yeah um, I, I'll give you an example I was I mean people people will say oh yeah Modern Romance oh you did that song and they'll sing a song but it, yeah. then another person will go oh Modern Romance you did that song and they'll sing a different one yeah and just to give you an example most a lot of people will go oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was washing my hands once in the bathroom at a football club. I went to a football match. I was in the upstairs in the lounge washing, washing my hands and the door opens behind me and all I heard was, I didn't look around because obviously I'm just washing my hands just minding my own business. There's a mirror there, obviously. Yeah. And I'm washing my hands and all I heard behind me was, ay, 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 moussi. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> and I looked up and it was Timmy Mallet. I don't know if you know <laughs> right? So Timmy Mallet associates moussi with the bag, whereas other people 
salsa, other people's best years of their lives. So yeah, everyone's got a different uh, different song that they attach to the band immediately. And you actually toured extensively with Modern Romance in the UK and Europe and the Far East. What were some of the most memorable moments from those tours? I've actually got photos of I could only open the window kind of this much because it's yeah. very high up, and they don't obviously <laughs> the windows don't open in case people fall out. But I opened the window and managed to stick a camera in there and take a picture of the crowd outside when we went to Italy. Uh, all you can see is a police car parked outside the door and just a crowd of people. And the police car basically trying to keep them from the door. <laughs> so that, that, that whole thing. What was funny about that is I actually snuck out of that hotel because it's like, oh, you can't go anywhere without security. There were lots of people around. Yeah, yeah. So I did, I, it was a beautiful, the, the weather was absolutely gorgeous like it is here. And it was an evening time and I thought, can't stay in here all night. Just got a prisoner. I thought, no. So everyone went off to, went off to their rooms and I found a stairwell, snuck out the back, went out for a walk by myself, loved it. Everyone's at the front waiting for these bands to come out. I went off for a walk, went and got myself a little burger or something, you know, something a little takeaway thing somewhere, sat outside, just watched people walk past. Of course, no one's clicking for a second. This is one of the guys from Modern Romance because they can't imagine in a million years that you'd be sitting there by yourself because the bands are all over there and holed up in this place. Yeah. So I'd like to go and do that. Um, another memory that comes back to me of that was the Far East. The Far East, the crowds in the Far East and the touring are unbelievable in that their their appetite and their fervour for what you're doing. Um, we arrived at the Far East. We, yeah, we arrived in the Far East, landed in the airport, and we were met by security, um, but airport security, not all right, not airport. <laughs> yes. Security. Right through the green lane, through the green channel, nothing to declare, you know. Um, and then as we've been taken out, and we had the chief of police was walking next to. The chief of police is like, I thought someone's pulled a few strings here. What, you know, because I thought we've only come here to the Far East to promote our music and get people to know us in the Far East. As we're walking out, there were these throngs of people, you know, in, in the, on the concourse. And I thought, oh, something's going on over there. Well, I was looking, I said to the guy, what's going on over there then? He went, over where? I said, well, all those people over there, where are we going? So he said, they're all here for you. I said, what do you mean for us? In, in my mind, no one knows who the hell we are, you know. Yeah. So I said, why are they here for us? He said, well don't you know and I said know what well you're number one at the moment <laughs> and I thought well there's something someone forgot to tell us <laughs> how can you not tell us we're number one in this country that we visit <laughs> we walked out and everybody I mean so many people had actually had gifts for us wow but, in, but individually Robbie this is for you Andy David David I love you I've got this for you we've got all these individual gifts and all our names and all everything that's going on uh, you know and it was it was. if it happened in England I'd say okay because we're English they know us you know we're based in England yeah. But to go somewhere as far as you know, the, the Japan and uh, Hong Kong and all these places, and they all know who you are. They know they know your they know your favourite food because they've read everything about you. And it, it, but but I didn't expect it over there. It was, as, it, as I said, if you had in England, I'd go right. Okay. But to go over there, thinking <laughs> you're a non-entity that no one knows you, you're starting from scratch, and then to walk in and find out that not only are you number one, but all these people are laden with gifts for you and cards and um, know everything about you. you know, it's like it was really overwhelming. It was like, oh, what's going on? You know, don't get me wrong. It was brilliant at the same time, but it was a really surprising. Yeah, quite, quite shocking, really. But <laughs> And as well as touring in these places, you received gold discs for tracks and albums released in various countries like Japan and Venezuela and the UK. So how did it feel to receive recognition for the, your work in different parts of the world? Listen, it's a, I think it's a human element in, in most of us. Um, no matter what you do, whether you're working for a charity or playing pop music or playing football, 
um, if you get recognition for what you do, uh, uh, recognition in the, in the uh, uh, by, by way of accolades or rewards, when I say rewards, don't, don't mean financial, I mean actual awards is what I mean, not rewards, awards. Um, and people just saying, love what you do, appreciate what you do, you've done really well. I think it's a human element, all of us, that you kind of feel proud and you're, you're chuffed with yourself because you think, I'm actually achieving something. I'm actually doing something which is not just out of the norm, but is being appreciated. And it's a nice feeling. It's lovely. It's like, it's like it's like telling your kids you did really well today. They love it. But adults as well, if, if your kid comes up and says to Daddy, I think, thank you for doing that, you feel great because you've done something for your kids. You, I love the way, the fact that they appreciate it, but I love the fact that they appreciate what I've done as well. So it's a, and I think in any uh, in any sphere of life, any any, any work environment, whether, whether as, a, as a pop star or a footballer, as I said, or in the office, if someone says you've done well, they like what you do, it's a great feeling. And so therefore it was quite an amazing feeling to be told that what you're doing, I suppose you're being validated in a way. And it's nice. It's really feeling. Yeah. Now, in 1984, the band signed with RCA and underwent a change of image. How was that received by fans and by the industry? I've actually written this in my book. I think we changed our direction too drastically. Don't get me wrong, I think we were well capable of playing the sort of music that we went to, the solely kind of funky side. Yeah. But I think we changed it too drastically, too quickly, you know, too sudden a change. And a lot of our fans wanted that happy party thing. And let's face it, if you if you want a soul band, this is the difference. This is, this is something that we should have really looked at. If you wanted to listen to a soul band, you had Earth, Wind, the Fire, Call in the Gang, Imagination, Odyssey. I mean, you could go on forever. You know, all the soul bands and funk bands were out of time. Why would one romance turn to that? If you wanted the salsa band, you had. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Modern romance, the closest thing, Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I had individual artists, like Gloria Estefan, later on, she was Gloria Estefan. Um, but you didn't have a band as such. Yes, she had the Miami Sound Machine, but really it was her. You didn't have a band that had that kind of sound. As I said, the closest thing was Kid Creole. Um, so if, you're, if you've got a unique sound, yes, you may have borrowed influences from other people, don't we all? But if you've, yeah. got, if you've, if you've managed to create this sound that no one else has got, in, in, especially in pop music, why would you then ditch that to go to the soul side? And don't get me wrong, I'm a massive soul fan. I love soul music even to, even today. Uh, it's in my blood. Yeah. But when you're playing stuff that no one else is playing and getting recognition for it and, and standing out because you are the only ones who do that, then why would you kind of ditch it all in one go to do this soulful stuff? And that's what we did. And I, I look back on it and I think, big mistake. And I, I think I think ultimately that cost us because the record company signed us because of what we'd done. And all of a sudden we're doing something very different. So I don't think they were, I don't think they thought it was rubbish. I just thought it wasn't what they signed up for. They signed up for singles that were going to sell 15,000 copies a day, every single day for a month, which is what our singles always did. All of a sudden we're, we're not selling that many because a lot of the fans I think were a bit oh it's alright but it's not what they did before and it kind of just died away um, I think also maybe the record company didn't promote it as much as they would like to as much as they could have done because they were like well, it's not it's what we really signed up for um, I think it was a bit you know a two way thing um, and I think it, uh, in the end it cost us because it cost us our fan base kind of like uh, the things we released from the album didn't really didn't do half as well as they should have done and the band released its final album Burn It in 19. 19- 85 what were the factors that led to the band calling it quits was it because of that or was it a different issue entirely i think it was a number of issues i think it was the fact that we weren't having the success that we should have had but we could have we could have um continued with it and tried to turn things around but by that time also um again well documented in my book when it comes out i was i was basically i'd had enough of not making any money although the bands were creating money and earning Earning money uh, as a, a, you know bringing money into the modern romance umbrella. By the time management and everyone else got to it, there was nothing left. We, you know, I was still living on stupid money. I was still in a situation where if I went to a club um, and people offered me a drink, I would say no. I'd lie and say no, thanks. I just had one, thank you anyway, because I couldn't buy a round back. I was not interested to buy a round, and I didn't want to be the person that's always accepting drinks from people yet never puts his hand in his pocket to buy one. I thought I can't do that, so I've got to say no. Uh, and I was still in that position, even though we'd done all these tours and all these gigs and still in the position I was on a weekly wage. And I thought, no, this is not on. So I, we're actually on tour somewhere uh, in the UK. And I said, after this tour, I said, um, I'm leaving the band. And the last day came and I packed up my stuff and I said, that's it. I'm off. I'm not coming back again. And the then lead singer, the one who did Best of Our Lives and High Life and Walking in the Rain and all those hits, he's, he said on the same day, said, well, if he's leaving, I'm going to leave as well then because I feel the band's not going to sustain it after this so he left the same day and after that it was just they tried a few things um it didn't work out and off it went until 1999 yeah 
What motivated you to bring it back in 1999? I was going to joke that and say money. <laughs> no, what it was is I saw uh, it was the beginnings of 80s bands that people putting on 80s evenings and mm. 80s nights sort of thing and calling them retro nights and this and that. And I thought, oh, you know, this is this looks good and people are going and people, people that, so basically it was people that were around in the 80s have gotten married, had their kids, their kids have grown up and going out now. They think we want to go out. They don't want to <laughs> go out and listen to, I mean, no disrespect to the musicians of today, but they don't really <laughs> want to listen to that because yeah. it's like our parents wanted to hear 50s rock and roll, for example. Um, so now the, the generation that was after us want to hear what we were, or the generation that was, that was around when we were playing music, their kids have grown up. They want to go back to listening to what they were listening to, which was us and Haircut 100 and Tony Hadley and all this stuff. Yes. So I realised that this thing was starting to happen and, and I thought, you know, we need to get in on this. We could get the band going. And so um, I contacted Dave, who was the bass player of the band and the owner of the name and suggested us getting together and to, you know, to reform the band and you know, maybe not, not maybe not use all of the members, but the ones we wanted to, just get two or three in, maybe leave one or two out. And um, he said, to be honest, um, I, I can't see myself going on stage again. He said, I, I've gone past that. I mean, you know, he's into management, has been for years. Um, he said, I manage people now, so I can't really see me doing that. But... He said, um, you know, you're you're a, a member of the band since the very first hit. Um, you should do it. He said, I'll, I'll assign the name to you so you can legally be safe and have the name and say that you're with Romance. Because he said, whether we do it together or you do it by yourself, I said, I'll just give you the name, you go off and do it, which he did. And yeah. um, I've, I've been doing it ever since. So what's that, 24 years? Yeah. Not bad. And how's the experience been this time round? Quite different for very many and quite obvious reasons. Yeah. One, I'm the boss. Yes. So it's very different because I don't have anyone else that I have to answer to or speak to. It's like, but having said that, I'm not the sort of boss that's why we're not we all like this. I've just got a set way that we do things and everyone's lovely in the band. And we have a, uh, it's a very different culture to the 80s because the 80s, not just for music, but for football and everything, was a different culture. There was very much a drinking culture. Drugs were rife. I mean, I know they're rife today, but they were rife in the industry. It was at the beginning, so everyone was going mad because it was new. Yeah, let's get all this stuff. And <laughs> I've never been a drinker. I've never taken drugs. Um, I've never even smoked facts, really. So uh, uh, for me, um, I just wanted everyone in the band this time around to be clean, not like in the 80s. Yes. Um, no, no disrespect meant to them, but I think you do a lot better when you've got a clear head and you know what's going on. So um, we have that aspect to it where everyone's much more chill and much of that. also everyone's much more mature because we were young at the time so all the people I'm using now all my band members now that have been with me for young some of them um, they're all married with kids you know so and they're all young married they're not like the, in the 90s yes. but, they're all, but they're all married they've got kids they've got that blend of the experience of life and they've still got that youthful side to them which I want because I still feel like I'm 17 most of them so, so I was someone that, that's like that as well um, and it's, it's, it's different also in, in the um, you know because we've had the hits and we're doing all these festivals now um, there's a kind of friendliness backstage which you may have not got in the 80s because everybody was vying for the same chart position and we'd say hello to each other and then we'd look at the chance to go I hope we get on top of them and you know we want yeah. them to 
and you can go up. Whereas now, no one gives a hoot because <laughs> there's no chance to worry about. We all go and do the gigs. We all see each other. We have a hug. Say, yeah, hello. You know what's going on? And um, it's very nice and friendly, but genuinely friendly. It's not. It's not even polite. It's properly friendly. You know. Hello, mate. Was, oh, you know. It's like we all got. You know, we, we don't see someone from one summer to the next because all the summer gigs are finished, and you know, you did bump into each other at Christmas, and you see them again in summer. And you go, oh, hello, all right. It's good. You know, and it's, it's a lovely, lovely feeling backstage. Yeah. Um, I've also got there's there's also that for me personally the other differences between now and in the 80s number one I don't have to carry a drum kit around or, <laughs> or I know we had roadies to set it up but there's none of that fiddling around and making sure it's right and getting the sound um, I just you know before I used to turn up and they'd set it up for me but I'd have to sit and adjust it and get it right because no one's ever going to get it right for you no matter how much you mark it and everything and then you'd have to do a sound check sit there doing one drum for 10 minutes then the other drum for 10 minutes then the both of them together then the third drum it goes on forever right I don't have to do any of that now um, I just turn up and they go here's your microphone and I go one two one two and have a little song and that's it sound checked up so from that aspect it's very different but the, the, also the, then going on from that the obvious difference is the fact that I'm now the front man not a drummer um, yes it's fine now I'm fine with it it's, it has been fine for many 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 years but the first couple of years I was was trauma because you're setting out from behind the drum kit and then all of a sudden you're being told right here you go push out the front just you now with a microphone and it's like oh dear um, you know singing behind the drum kit with headphones on wasn't a problem but suddenly being told ditch the headphones ditch the drum kit you're out front with a the mic they can actually see your legs now <laughs> uh, it's just a, psychologically very different very different and, and quite unnerving to say the least but yeah, I got there after all yes what's the relationship with the fans like this time round as well. Brilliant, because then, and I don't mean this horribly, before we had screaming girls that wanted to come in and would almost faint and you'd think, <laughs> right, we let them come in one by one with security and sign what they want to do and speak to them, a bit, which is lovely, but you had to handle them a little bit with kid gloves because they were young and they were impressionable and they were like, you know. Um, whereas now, you've got a couple coming up to you. you know, so when they come in for an autograph or they'll come backstage, it's usually a couple of girls, but they're, they're, they're not girls, they're ladies, they're, they're yeah. Like 45, 50, they're mature, they're not going to be screaming and going bananas and fainting. Or you yes. come in with his wife and he go, oh, Can I take my wife to the big fan? Can I have a picture taken of you? Whatever. And it's a completely different thing from that aspect. So it's far more relaxing and, far, and not as daunting because you haven't got a throng of people trying to come through the door at the same time because they can't wait because it's all excitement. And they're all like, Yeah, we will come and get an autograph. And it's all very chilled and it's, yeah, it's very nice. So, what are you working on at the moment? I mean, is it just the shows that you do or are you making singles and albums soon? I'm still I'm still doing recordings. Um, I've re- I released a couple last year. I sort of did a soft release one, but I'm going to revisit it again this year, pretty soon actually. Um, I've finished my book, but I've got to read through it one more time because... Um, I've got my kids to proofread it for me they're yeah. horrified um, because they've, they've both got degrees one of them's got a degree in English so I said right proof yeah. it <laughs> so not a lot going on you know um, that they could change uh, they just said it's fine they said one a couple of things they said um, when you relate to stuff from the 80s which you've transcribed from your diaries and then you make a comment today you've got to make it clear that you're making that comment today because sometimes it, it was confusing we're going well how did you know that then oh it's yeah. a comment you're making now Right, okay. They said you need to separate that and put it in a different font. Without well, put a star next to it, obviously the star doesn't make it clear. So I'd have to maybe do it in italics or something like that. Yeah. So I'd go through the whole book, read it all, 
and it's a long book. It's a lot of stuff. So I've got to start that again. I'm hoping to start it next week, actually, on Monday. How long is it? Going from memory, it's A4 on the laptop. It's 540 pages or something wow. like that. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, obviously, I, I'm going to... Uh, somebody did offer me a deal when I turned them down because I just thought it wasn't the right deal. They weren't in it for the right reason. I wanted all the sensational stuff. And I said, no, it's got to be a proper... It began as a book which I um, I was transcribing my diaries. But then a friend of mine saw it and said, look, it's like you've taken a, a slice out of your life in the middle of your life. I said, there it is. But we want to see the beginning. How did you start? How did how was this cake made? You know, just give us someone's life. Can we see how it was made? The ingredients. Where did you come from? Your parents, your background. And I went, you know what? That's a really good idea, that is. So I've gone right back to the beginning from where I was born, when I was born, and discussed my, um, I had a Greek Cypriot upbringing. My parents were very, very old-fashioned. Um, so I had to describe, I, I just felt it was necessary to describe that. Um, describe the kind of environment I was brought up in, which is quite ironic that I turned out the complete opposite of that. Yes. Complete opposite. But I'm proud because I, I am who I am and I think I'm glad I didn't turn out like that because a lot of the things that they believed and they thought were, well, people in the bush believe those things. That means just ridiculous things. So, yeah, so I went back to the beginning and, and just started from there and just brought it forward. Um, and I also realised when I did when I did initially the diary thing, um, I did the diary thing and then, and then I did a few gigs and a few modern romance things that happened from 1999 to the present. But then I realised that before 1999 and at the end of the diaries, which is 80, 85, I stopped doing them, um, there was a big gap where I got married and had kids. And like for me, my kids are probably the biggest achievement of my life. And I thought, how can I, how can I do a book and not have that in there, not mention that when they were born, not mention doing silly things with them and how they've grown up and done this and done that and become these people that they are. So I thought, no, I have to put that in. So... Going back to the beginning was good because it literally starts when I was born, my upbringing, modern romance, leaving modern romance, meeting my wife shortly afterwards, you know, dating, going out, getting married, having kids, doing session work and all the stuff I was doing. And until 1999, picking up the, the mantle for modern romance again. And from then to now, just things yeah. like all, all of the other stuff after that was obviously things from memory as opposed to from a diary because I didn't keep a diary, but it just went, it just come kind of to the present. Yeah, right up to now. I look forward to reading the bit about this interview in the book well no the book's finished now anything, oh, that, happens, anything <laughs> that happens from this point onwards unless it's absolutely earth shattering is not going in there it has to be <laughs> it has to be for example someone phoned me and said we want to offer you a million pound contract to do a couple of singles and be in this film and I go okay that would be but I'd go right I'm bringing a book back now I'm changing now <laughs> but um, if I had every interview I don't mean it's unkindly if I had yes. interview and everything the book will never ever ever finish ever and it'd be pretty boring as well. Yeah. And it'd just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it'll be, it won't be a book anymore. It'd be like a volume of encyclopedias and one romance stuff. Yes, it would. Right. Well, where are we able to keep up to date with you and find out what you're doing, both in terms of the book and shows and stuff? People are welcome to come and find me on Facebook. And it's at Andy Kiriaku. You'll see a little picture of me with a microphone, me with lip sunglasses. That's me. Yes. Um, you can go to the website, which is one romance dot online but we're about to change that. anyway I've had a, a website ready to go for about four weeks but I just need to check on a few things and I haven't had time 
but, but anyway, whoever goes on the old website will be redirected to the new one anyway. But I'll also be sending out details to everyone and putting it on Facebook. This is a new website, so people will be able to click on there. Um, what else is there? Um, I mean, Instagram and what's the other one? Um, the TikToks and stuff. I really don't do because I, I purely because I don't have time. People message me and I'll see it two days later on Facebook. Yeah. I haven't had time to see it. So, um, yeah, so, but I'll keep up with Facebook as much as I can. There's a, there's a modern romance Facebook page as well. And I'm sure if you go to my page, you'll find the modern romance and vice versa. If you go to the modern romance one, you'll then see my page somewhere along the line. But yeah, on there, I, I try and put stuff on there as often as possible about what we're doing, where we're going. And I should do a few gigs in Scotland by the end of the year. I should be, I should be doing a few things up there. Nice. been planned at the moment. So I've got no dates or places, but I know it's going to be in Scotland. So you should have some stuff there. But if you see it anywhere, contact me and I'll put you on the guest list. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, the- That's for you. Not, not everyone listening. Not everyone listening. <laughs> Just for you. I- okay. I thought everyone would guess this, that'd be shot. <laughs> yeah. Well, many thanks for joining us today. It's been great to have you here. Thank you, my pleasure. And I should be going out into the sun now and enjoying it. Oh, yes. Time. Make the most of it. I will, I will. All right, thanks. Oh, yeah. Hey! Yeah. Hey! The throbbing pulse of sound.